You know how we always say we have no idea what we're doing? Sure do. It's a good thing we found Anchor to help us. Yeah, I love how there were tools built into the app so I can edit on my phone, the iPad, or my computer, and everything I need to make the podcast is all in one place. And the Anchor distributes our podcast for us. So if you're listening to this, Anchor made it possible. We can make money with no minimum listenership, so we can at least try and recoup some of our ice cream costs. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Anyway... Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Paranormal Pints podcast contains explicit and scary content. Listener discretion is strongly encouraged. Seriously, we have no idea what might be in these episodes. We're just winging it. So this is episode three, our very first listener episode. Episode three. Which is super interesting that we have a listener episode before we've even launched. So to the people who have submitted their stories, thank you, thank you, thank you. And we have something special for you. So if you hear us reading... Your story, send us an email at paranormalpints at gmail.com and send us um, your address so we can send you the special prize that we have for you. Special prize. What is it? It's a Paranormal Pints uh, vinyl decal. Fantastic. Yeah. Do I get one? Yeah, jo- I'll have Joanna make some. Cool. Because I want one. Joanna's like the coolest bitch ever. Kaylee, don't eat my ice cream. Kaylee's one of the cats. It's just some bitch we live with. It's cool. <laughs> it's our roommate. Kaylee, stop licking my ice cream. We were just talking about people licking ice creams in the stores. Oh my god, remember how you were making Kaylee gag last night? Mm-hmm. What was that? Was that a comb that you were running your your thumbnail along? Yeah. You want me to do it? No, because I don't want her to gag again. She was really upset. She's the only cat it worked on. <laughs> it worked on no it's a whole internet craze really mm-hmm. i didn't know it was a thing really yeah yeah no it's totally like a thing on the internet okay you guys send us videos of your cats gagging to the sound of you running your thumbnail on a comb bristle we used to have a cat named homer and she would gag anytime she smelled ice cream well, it was fine until that one time that I got the pumpkin pie ice cream. And ever since then, <laughs> or from that point forward, she was like, uh, no. Homer was the best cat ever. She was weirdly shaped. Um, she was um, raised with dogs, too. So anytime she heard a, anybody knock or ring the doorbell, she would run to the door and... <laughs> so what, what type of ice cream are you eating tonight? I have chocolate fudge brownie from Ben and Jerry's. Not a sponsor. Yeah, but it's going to be delicious. What about you? I've got Haagen-Dazs. Spirits. And then you just dripped all over my couch. We talked about this. It's fine. It's right where the other ice cream drip was. I would like to point out like exactly where it was. I already said this this podcast was going to be a messy endeavor. Well, that's fine as long as you clean it up. Because I, I get... I, I rubbed it in. It's cool. No, no. It looks like a jizz stain. <laughs> 
my mom comes over to visit. She's like, oh, what a lovely jizz stain. <laughs> anyway, so I've got haagen spirits. Jizz. Ice cream. <laughs> haagen spirits. Irish cream brownie ice cream. It's delicious. That sounds amazing. The only thing that's better than this is Ben and Jerry's Dublin Mudslide, which they canceled. What? Yeah, it's that dead. That sounds amazing. It's in the graveyard. Also, who the fuck puts their flavors in a graveyard? Boo, are you offering me a taste? Yeah. Earlier today, he offered me a taste of vanilla, orange, Coke, and I don't like Coke. But I like vanilla, and I like orange, and I tried it, and I was like, all I can taste is the vanilla. And then there was this aftertaste. It was just like orange sherbet, and it was so weird. And delicious. Yeah, but I could just eat orange sherbet. Probably has less sugar. Hurry up before it melts and... Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my God. I'm just going to let that melt. That was so good. I want it in my mouth for a long time. <laughs> I am, like, the best ice cream picker ever. Mmm. Mouthgasm. Oh, my God. There's so many layers to the flavor. Mmm. So, at first, you get, like, a vanilla. Then you get, um... Uh, Bailey's Irish cream. Yeah. And then at the very end, you get chocolate cake. It Brownie. Brownie. It tastes like a proper Irish cream, too. Yeah, it does. I've had Bailey's ice cream before and was disappointed. And the, um, the brownie is a little bit salty. Yeah. So, we have some listener stories, which again, thank you to anybody who took the time out to message us and send us their stories. The first story that I want to read is from Natalie. Hey, Nat. Natalie also bought us ice cream for, for our very first for our episode. very first episode. We looked at each other and I'm like, I I can't have an ice cream and supernatural podcast and not have ice cream on the first episode. It did feel kind of blasphemous, blasphemous, blasphemous. Yeah. We were very broke though. Yeah. So this is called The Demon in My Dorm Room, and it's a little short, but she sent me a follow-up note as well. So Natalie says, It was the end of the summer of 2012 when I moved into my dorm at Sam Houston State University in Huntsville, Texas. I didn't have a roommate at the time, and the occurrence didn't happen right away. It was slow and almost methodical. I'm an empath by nature, so I felt the entity at first, rather than anything physical happening. I would come into my dorm room when classes ended, and I just felt this heavy presence. And as the months passed, it came to the point where I was dreading going back because of the feeling. And then the physical stuff started happening. My favorite mug was on a shelf where it was normally, and I woke to it flying at me, narrowly missing hitting me in the head, and hit the wall instead. She said she lost her appetite and felt herself getting lost. I was angry and depressed at things that brought me joy. I felt trapped within myself. Every time I went home, away from the school, it was almost like my spirit breathed a sigh of relief and it wasn't as heavy. When I was at school, though, I knew something was wrong. I felt it in my bones. I would see ghosts around campus, but none were as scary as the figure camped out in my dorm room. I had a canvas photograph of Audrey Hepburn that was bolted to the wall with a 3M metal hook, and it fell off the wall along with the hook. At the time, I was heavily into Catholicism, and oddly enough, 
I think that's why the entity had attached itself to me. I started getting queasy when I'd go to church, and I'd have so much anger and disdain for anything church in general. I wanted to bolt when the priest would start the homily. I had to force myself to pray the rosary at night, and that ended up making me sick. When I invited my priest to my dorm room, he was armed with holy water and told me to mop the floor with it as a way of protection. And I did, but it ended up getting worse. Now, like, mop water made with holy water or just holy water? I don't know. I would just do it with the water. But I've never thought about that. And our entryway is linoleum. Like, we could mop with holy water to help. Could we mix it with pine salt so it smells like... <laughs> pine salt. Freshly scented holy water. Yes. New. From the Vatican. <laughs> the Pope's awesome. on front. Like Mr. Clean, but Mr. Pope. <laughs> Mr. Pope's holy water floor cleaner. Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> totally a sponsor. She goes on to say, And one night at 3.15 I heard children laughing in the hallway. There were no kids allowed in the dorms. The entity showed itself to me. I felt hands around my throat and struggled to breathe for about 20 minutes. That's how I knew that I had a demon in my dorm room. And actually, Natalie and I were friends back then, and I remember her telling me about the experiences that she was having and the struggles that she had with this entity. That's creepy. Yeah. So I got another email from Nat later that said, Spirits commonly, in my experience, get attached to things. And that demon was attached to the prison next door to the school. That could have a lot to do with it, too. I honestly believe that my haunting was because of a malicious energy that felt like he couldn't escape. I had a very strong suspicion he could have been a mass murderer because I had vivid homicidal dreams when I was up at school and didn't have them any time other than that. In these dreams, I felt no remorse for what I had done, and it scared me half to death when I finally awoke again. The entity also compelled me to do weird things. I would feel happy researching satanic rituals and imagery. I lost my appetite and felt myself getting lost inside my body. That's interesting, kind of like a dissociation. Am I experiencing it? No, but I'm wondering if maybe this entity was trying to possess Natalie at that point. Okay. And Natalie's rituals kept it at bay. Because I like researching satanic rituals yeah but you're not also experiencing the other things no eustace is pretty nice yeah. shout out to eustace don't talk to eustace we have uh, something that lives in our apartment that carrie is convinced is a friendly thing and i'm not so sure he gave me my keys once that's amazing i'm happy for you looks out for me i'm just saying bros before hoes <laughs> yeah I found out a semester before graduation that the prison right next door to where I lived was where executions were carried out in the old days when they had an electric chair. The actual electric chair they used is on display in the prison museum just a block away from campus. A lot of things that belong to the inmates on death row or that they actually used are in that museum. Texas is a weird fucking place. No I have, fucking thank you. I have to agree. I've only been to Texas once. And it was when I was temporarily put in foster care for running away from home. And uh, it's a long story, but I was... get there eventually. Yeah, I was was going through some shit. I was in 
Texas, and I don't really have a desire to go back. You need your ice cream going? I am going to get my ice cream going. Chocolate fudge browner. Oh, look, mine has a little tiny pull tab. And does it come with a spoon? No. So Andy got the, the tiniest little single serve ice cream. Look, this bitch ain't need to eat no pint of ice cream every week. That's like two spoonfuls. It's four ounces. That's half a cup of ice cream. What's the point? That's the serving size. That's not even worth, like, dirtying a spoonful. Look, 260 calories in this tiny thing. 14 grams of fat. 30 carbs. 23 sugars. So out of the 30, 23 are sugar. And only 5 grams of protein. That's ridiculous. Yeah. But also, it's not even worth dirtying a spoon for. I don't know, dude. This is pretty fucking good. You want a bite? No. Yeah, you'd eat half of my ice cream with a bite. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, guys. Our next story comes from April. Used to be a roommate of mine. She's pretty awesome. Back in 2012, I lived in a city just outside of Seattle. In a small two-bedroom apartment. It was a pretty typical apartment, located on the first floor of a four-story building. Nothing fancy, but just right for two roommates on a budget. A few months after moving in, I was studying for an exam and noticed a tapping sound. The taps came about one to two seconds apart, very rhythmically. Frustrated that my roommate must have forgotten to turn off the kitchen faucet fully, I stopped what I was doing and got up to check it out. Much to my surprise, when I got to the kitchen, the sink wasn't dripping. The sound was actually coming from above a cabinet, near, near the ceiling. Hell no. Right? First of all, I'd be like, it's a mouse! <laughs> also, hell no. Mm -hmm. When I climbed on my counter to inspect, the tapping suddenly stopped, of course. I complained to the manager about a possible leaking pipe or something above my cabinet. The maintenance team assured me that there were no pipes or anything that could possibly make that sound in that area. Frustrated, I went home. A few weeks later, I had all but forgotten about the incident until the tapping returned. I rushed my phone to the cabinet to record the sound. It was so close it sounded like someone tapping the front of the cabinet door, rhythmically. No. One to two second parts apart again. Unfortunately... Just as I hit record, the tapping suddenly stopped again. Mm -mm. And with my roommate nowhere to be seen, I still had no proof this was happening and needed to be fixed. That probably I misheard. Or maybe sounds from neighbors were traveling. Mm. This went on, the next few, went on for the next few weeks. All my attempts to record failed as the tapping would stop right before I had a chance to record. Fast forward another few weeks, and I was in the office paying rent. As luck would have it, I overheard a group of girls telling the manager they were planning on having a seance. In my head, I rolled my eyes and went back to my checkbook. I told my roommate about it, who said she'd never heard it, and made a joke about my sanity, which I myself had started to question. Then a few months later, my roommate and I were watching TV quietly, and then it happened. Tap. Tap. Nope, nope, nope. Our heads shot up, and we just stared at each other. 
We both heard it. I raced to the kitchen, pulled out my phone, and hit record. I did it! I got about 10 to 15 clear-as-day tap sounds on the video. I was thrilled. I showed the tape to the maintenance team, who were completely baffled. Even if it wasn't anything they could or were willing to fix, I was still pleased that I was able to prove that it was happening. I heard one girl explain the weird noises she had been hearing. Tap. 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 No fucking way. My I'd take my were... rent check and be like, nope. Right? I'm, I'm going to use this for a security deposit elsewhere. <laughs> yeah. Don't have time for this shit. My head swirled around like an owl, inviting myself into their conversation. I blurted out, You've heard tapping? Yes, one girl exclaims. I pulled my phone out and played the video for her. Her eyes get wide. She explains to me that that's the exact sound she hears, but she hadn't been able to get it on tape. Nope. Though she'd been trying for months. She went on, on to say she didn't know what to do and planned on having a seance. Is that, like, the last thing you should do? That's the first thing you should do. Uh Oh. I found out she was in my building directly across from me on the opposite side, about 20 apartments away from mine. I had no intention of joining this seance, (laughs) and had grown used to the tapping sound. Often, when my roommate or I heard it, we would simply ask it to stop, which didn't always work. (laughs) In the next few weeks that passed, I was in the office again, and some, for some reason... Or another. I had told a different maintenance person my story and showed the video. His eyes got big and face white. He explained, explained to me. He explained it. <laughs> he explained. He explained to me that one day he was doing a work order for one of the apartments in my building. But when he went to use the elevator, all the buttons were missing. What? Like they'd been pulled off. He went to get a coworker, but when he showed them, the buttons had all returned. What? After doing his own investigation, he found out that during the construction of my building, one of the workers fell down the elevator opening and had died. We'll never know if it was simply a pipe the company didn't want to pay for, or possibly the spirit of the man who lost his life building the place I called home. I eventually found a job offer in another city and had to move, but to this day I still think about the tapping and wonder if the new tenants have ever received their own phantom tapping. I don't know if there ever was a seance performed. No way. First of all, that's fucking sad. Right? But also terrifying. I never found out what the tapping was. We also included this. While I nodded, nearly napping, suddenly there came a tapping, as of someone gently rapping, rapping at my chamber door. Tis some visitor, I muttered, tapping at my chamber door. Only this and nothing more. Oh, April. Edgar Allan Poe. I love Edgar Allan Poe, too. I was the creepy, like, eight-year-old with the Edgar Allan Poe book in school. You would be. Yeah. It was my sister's. That was April's story. Wow. Yeah, I'm like, uh, no. I'm good. At the end with the rapping and the tapping and Edgar Allan Poe, I got goosebumps. Eustace is fine. He's just having, like... Having a forgetful roommate who leaves cabinet doors open. I think you're the one that leaves the cabinet doors open. Okay, but I did not open up the dryer the other day. Yeah, that was true. Someone ate my ice cream, Eustace. Be nice to Eustace. 
Is it Houston or Eustis? Eustis. I swear I just heard you say Houston. I think I accidentally misspoke. It's oh. Eustis. Remember, he died in the potato famine. Which one? Of the 1970s? Actually, no. He died of a potato fire in 1932. My story's from Rebecca. She says, hi there. Here's a story for y'all. I live in MS and my grandparents live a couple towns away from me. What is MS? Multiple sclerosis. No, I live in MS. Oh. <laughs> is that Missouri? I was apparently not paying attention. Is it Missouri or Mississippi? Or Michigan? No, Michigan. No. <laughs> Michigan's MI, right? MS. I don't know. I typed in MS USA and it typed out Miss USA. Um, hold on. <laughs> Michigan? <laughs> At least it started with an M. Mississippi. M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. I live in Mississippi, and my grandparents live a couple towns away from me. All growing up, I always did not like going through the front of the house at night. The house... <clears throat> the front of the house is the original parts of the house. In the 70s, they added on to it. In 2012, me and my ex-husband were separated, so my two boys, ages 5 and 3, and me went to stay with my grandparents. My three-year-old was not talking at the time due to delayed speech development. In the room I always slept in, there were two beds. The one I slept in was close to the door, and the cot the boys slept on were close to the window across from the other bed. I put them to bed about eight and could not fall asleep very easily that night. When I did fall asleep, I was awoken by my youngest screaming like something was hurting him. I went over to the bed where I had put them to sleep, and only found my oldest wide awake looking for his brother. My youngest kept screaming, and I realized it was coming from under his bed. I had to get under the bed to pull him out. It was like he was fighting something that I couldn't see, and the whole time I was getting him out from under the bed, I had the eerie feeling to get the hell out of the room. I got my youngest and my oldest and went to sleep in the newer part of the house. That night, I didn't sleep. I stayed guard over my boys. To this day, I have never heard my youngest scream like that, to where it sounded like someone was hurting him. It was a scream a mother would never want to hear. I wish I knew what exactly he was seeing, and what caused him to scream. I know I won't like the answer because whatever it was was able to take him under the bed. He doesn't even like to talk about it. A couple months ago, my husband, me... And my best friend and her husband were out there installing a TV for my grandfather before he started chemo. I talked to my best friend and her husband about going up to the old part toward the living room. They felt like something sinister was watching them and got scared and would not stay up there very long. The next night, my husband, me, my dad, my grandparents, and I were all talking. The TV was muted and all of a sudden it came unmuted. You could see where the volume was being turned up. After that happened, the motion sensor was going off nonstop to where we had to turn them off. Um, I later asked Rebecca if she knew any of the history of the house, and she said the only thing that she knew was that it was built in the late 18s or the early 1900s and added on in the 70s. Yeah, no. Yeah. Can you imagine? And the, the little boy, 
um, with his speech delay, too. So he's not even able to say, this thing grabbed me in the middle of the night. Right. What is it? It's the boogeyman. I don't know. (laughs) That was scary. Thank you again, Rebecca. Send us a message with your address if you want. A cool sticker. Yeah. Oh, hey, Gus. You want to say one? So our next story is from Richard, one of our Facebook followers. Thanks, Richard. Thanks, Richard. Hello. I live in Sumner, Washington. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Okay. Try this one more time. Third time's a charm, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hello. I live in Sumner, Washington, and just came across your post on Facebook. Are you interested in a story about six young people having experiences with the ghost they call La Llorona? La Llorona. La Llorona. Um, yeah. (laughs) Right? I know that silly movie came out recently, which made me not want to tell anyone else my experience. I'd never heard of The Lady in White. Or La La Llorona. I'd never heard of The Lady in White. Or La Llorona prior to it happening, and didn't learn about it until I was visiting a friend in New Mexico from Southern Nevada. Okay, so the pers- the the friend is from Southern Nevada, but in New Mexico. Gotcha. Theory. What is LV New Mexico? Okay, I found this on the Las web. Vegas, New Mexico. New Mexico. Check it out. It's in San Miguel County. Okay, so there's a Las Vegas, New Mexico. They also have Louis Vuitton. (laughs) I was telling him the story of our encounter of his 80-year-old grandmother, native resident of New Mexico. Overheard and literally busted into tears and started to pray. Oh, shit. If you're interested, interested... Let me say that again. If you're interested, I'd love to tell it to someone willing to listen and not tell me I'm crazy. We don't think you're crazy. You may be crazy. I was telling him the story of our encounter and his 80-year-old grandmother, native resident of Las Vegas, New Mexico, or LV, New Mexico? Yeah, Las Vegas. No. LV? Is there a Las Vegas, New Mexico? No, that's in Nevada. I know. 20 years later, and the friend was there, still has no idea what he experienced and is pretty freaked out. I was born in Las Vegas, Nevada. Oh, okay. I've experienced many things, but that was one of the craziest moments of my life. She walked up to our camp at 2 a.m. in a white lace nightgown and blue collar, also lace. Hmm. She had no shoes on and not a single bit of dust on her feet. We heard someone screaming in Spanish, Ay Dios mío. Shit. Over and over again until she appeared in our camp. She then spoke English and said she's looking for her babies. Oh my god. Hysterically, I might add. When she was unsatisfied by our answer, she walked towards the water line and disappeared. I ran after her along with another buddy, trying to help her, but we realized there was nothing there. Oh my god. What? That's like classic, too. Right? Just disappearing into the water? Yeah. That's not okay. I'm sorry that you experienced that. But also, thank you for experiencing that. Right. Podcast fodder. And sharing it with us. And no, we don't think you're crazy. 
And like we've had our own shit happen to us. One of my friends recently said, I'm pretty sure everything in Washington state is haunted and I'm entirely sure that they're correct. We've talked a little bit about Eustace. Yeah. Have you had any other experiences besides that? There's a spirit that watches over us at work. Ooh. I'm a care an in-home caregiver and the gentleman that I support and I both have witnessed a entity that he calls Mama. Oh. She's a very supportive and motherly spirit who just kind of peeks her head around the corner sometimes. Huh. Never felt anything evil or malevolent. Male- I can't say that word. Malevolent? Malevolent against Ma- or from her. Say it again. No. Malevolent. Malevolent. <laughs> That's so cute. Malevolent. 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 <laughs> I can't say it. I should probably learn to say that. Considering you probably it. should. Let's let's keep track of how many episodes it takes before you can say malevolent. 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 It's like when little kids say lello instead of yellow. I'm glad that I can entertain you. It's so cute. That's all I'm saying. You're adorable. Stop. She's not spooky. My coworkers think that she's spooky, but... Well, I mean, she's a being that you can't see who, like, peeks around the corner. That is a little disconcerting. But it's just like... You're hanging out at your friend's house and your mom peeks around the corner to see how you guys are doing. That happened at my partner's house once. Where I woke up in the middle of the night and they who must not be named was sleeping next to me. And all of a sudden I just felt this presence of this motherly person and saw the shadow kind of move by the door. See, well, it's not scary, right? It's just... It was actually pretty scary for me, but it was really funny later when I thought about it because she peeked in, right? Uh And I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I'm scared. Like, something's peeking in the door. And then I got this feeling like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that there was company. And, like, she quickly, like, went back down the stairs and you could hear the creaks on the stairs. So when I told... They who must not be named in the morning. They were like, "Oh yeah, that was probably my mom, and she was probably embarrassed that I had somebody over." Yeah, that's the thing about mama at work, you know. Yeah. The person I support and I both kind of think that it's just her checking in on us, mostly him. But would it be his mama? I think so. Oh well, that's sweet. Yeah, that's what he's he's said that it's his mama. I thought he was just calling some random ghost person mama. Oh, no, man, that's, that's creepy. creepy. <laughs> At least we can agree on that. No, if you're if you're calling some random spirit mama, that's that's creepy. Yeah. It goes beyond role playing and it's just no. I wanted to tell you guys about something that happened to me that I kind of talked to you about recently, Carrie, and that was the the hitchhiker i've heard so many people tell their own personal stories about the hitchhiker so i was teaching my long 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 time ago ex how to drive a car on a gravel road and we lived down in the middle of nowhere in grace harbor county washington grace harbor is spooky it is like you drive in and everything is just gray So, um, I decided to take her on some, like, back roads, because there's a lot of logging roads in that area. 
probably a pretty safe place to learn. Right? That's what I thought. As we're driving, I just start to feel in my gut, like, heavy. I feel like I'm being watched. Um, I feel like there's something kind of like autonomous writing. You've heard about that, right? Mm-hmm. Where people um, channel spirits and they write. And they use the writing as the channeling. Um, I kind of wonder if that day there was some, like, autonomous driving going on. Like, okay. Yeah. So, as we're driving further and further down this old logging access road, I start feeling more... Hold on. Probably not important to the story, but it's important to me. What were you guys driving? Um, my 1994 Saturn SL2. Oh. Good car. Yeah. Two-Tone Louie was a good car. <laughs> Two-Tone Louie? Yeah, one of the doors was a different color. Just a different color gray, though. This was a gray car. I just don't feel safe. Like, my senses are heightened, right? Mm-hmm. And we keep driving further and further in, and finally I turn to her and I was like, do you feel that? And she's like, yeah, I feel that. I said, let's get out of the car. Let me drive, and I'll book it out of here. So we booked it out of there, and later that day, I dropped her off at work. And I don't know if it was that day, but it was either that same day or a day, like, within the same week. I decided I was going to go on a drive because I was bored, and I found myself down the same road. Why? Why would you go there? I don't know. That's not... no. Yeah, and I was by myself this time. So I got the same heavy feeling, and I was, like, trying to tell myself maybe somebody's property is back here. Maybe there's somebody who is displaced and doesn't have a home who's back here, and I'm just, like, invading someone's space, right? So I decided to turn back around, and as I'm going over this this bridge, and if anyone's ever been on a logging access road, a bridge is just, like, some planks, like, across the road. Right, it's not... Yeah, it's not a bridge bridge. I see standing a blonde um, young man. I would say he wasn't even fully grown. Maybe about six feet tall in a white t-shirt and acid wash jeans and work boots. And he had his head down and his hands in his pockets. And I drove by him. And as I drove by him, he lifted his head and he looked at me, but he didn't have any eyes. They were just missing. Like black-eyed children or... Yeah, there was just black. There were no eyes. And suddenly he was in the passenger seat next to me. Nope. What? Yeah. No. Can you, like, picture this? No. So I turn and I look at him and I'm like, my breath is caught in my chest. I don't know what to do. So I just keep driving, and eventually he left the car. But I've seen him every once in a while since that day. And one time he came to me, and his eyes were sewn shut. But he only appears to me when I'm doing something dangerous. How about you don't do something dangerous? Well, I'm not intentionally doing something dangerous when I see him. Like, at one point... Well, you're driving down spooky roads. Yeah. By uh, yourself. That's dangerous. It, one time it happened in a completely different car. So after um, I broke up with that person, I moved up to Seattle 
and I got into a car accident with that car and totaled it. And I wound up buying a 1992 Ford Probe. Good old Probe. My good old Probe Norm. Um, I love that car, but I was driving on the freeway in Seattle one night, and I remember it was actually the SeaTac Airport area, and I had just merged onto the freeway, so there's like six lanes of traffic right there, right? But it works itself down to like four. And I was looking for a CD because this was back in the day and I had a 1992 car, so I had a CD player, which was an upgrade from what was the 8-track player. <laughs> well, back then it would have been a cassette. Was it a cassette? Yeah. I had an 8-track in a different car. Anyway, um, I took my seatbelt off. I'm on the freeway. So I can reach down and grab the CD, and I'm like, no, I'll just throw my seatbelt back on. And I sit up, and I look in the rear view, and guess who's sitting smack dab in the fucking middle of the back seat looking at me in the rear view mirror? Jake. From State Farm? No, that's his name. I've decided his name <laughs> his is Jake. His Jake from State Farm, but he wasn't wearing khakis. And I imagine if he had eyes, he would be a very attractive person. No, I just feel like his name's Jake. Okay. Um, And I immediately had the feeling of put your seatbelt on. So I put my seatbelt on. Nothing happened to me. Well, yeah, when ghostly figures tell you to do shit, you just do it. Well, that's the thing. I didn't even, he didn't even speak to me. I just had a feeling to put my seatbelt well, on. Yeah. So part of me wonders if he's some kind of like guardian in that day. He was telling me like, get the fuck out. I'm going to stay in the car and like protect you until you're out of harm's way because he did eventually leave the car. Or if for some reason he just kind of attached to me for a while, I haven't seen him in years. Now that you've brought him up, you're going to see him again. Probably, and if I do, I'll let you guys know. But I did have one more ghostly car experience that I'd like to share if I could. Mm -hmm. Okay. I bought a car from my friend whose mother had passed away, and it was her mother's car. Yes. Good old rain cloud. Yep, rain cloud. And, uh... We name I, all of our cars. It's not weird. It's just what we do. Yeah, my, my current car is rain cloud, and Carrie's car is serenity. And my other car was Norm, and your car was? My car was Warren. I was like Wendell, and I'm like, no, it's not Wendell. Crazy old man Warren. Yeah, Warren. Warren the car. Crotchy old man. Anyway, so I had this car for like a month or two at this point, and I was babysitting my friend's um, like six or eight week old baby boy. This baby's dad got into a car accident that morning, so I loaded him into my car to take him to the hospital to meet his parents um and as i pulled out of their driveway i was about five minutes down the street when i heard in my head not even like in my ears the car seat's not right so i pulled over and i checked the car seat and it hadn't latched itself into the base all the way it was only latched on one side so I jiggled the seat and got him all positioned and made sure he was buckled right. And I got back in and started on the road. And I heard a woman's voice chuckle and say, good girl. Mm, nope. And I think that might have been my friend's mom who liked me and was also one of those people who absolutely loved babies. Like you? Yes, like me. That baby is now three years old, by the way. I just recently had an experience. Oh, in your car? No, not in my car. Oh, okay. What was your experience? I want to know. 
So one of the things that I do for work is we we go to random parks. Mm-hmm. There's a pork a pork. <laughs> oink oink, motherfucker. There's a park down in Centralia called Fort Borst. Fort Borst. Yes, Fort Borst Park. Makes me hungry. For um, Borscht. <clears throat> so in Fort Borst Park there is a longhouse. An old longhouse from back in the day around that area there was um native people, as usual. And yeah, all of our areas on stolen land, unfortunately. And there was a bunch of native wars against white people. Yeah. <clears throat> Hence being on native lands. Yeah. Not ours. Theirs. Yep. But when I walked up to the longhouse, I instantly got this screaming iron pain just right in the side of my head. Did it feel like fire? Yeah. Like wow. everything in my body was telling me to get the hell out of there. What? So we booked it back to the van. And then I I came back. Well, a couple days later, I have a dream. Like, all of my best friends and I were at this park. Fort Borst Park. And I don't remember exactly how, you know, how dreams are. Yeah, they're weird. But I heard a gunshot... And then felt that pain again. Oh, fuck no. As I hit the ground. No. So as I'm doing research on this, because, you know, it's spooky as hell. That's when I find out that there's all these native and white people wars. And I, my thought behind it is, all my best friends. When you've got people that are fighting. You become friends. You become best friends. You become a family, a Mm -hmm. tight-knit group. Mm -hmm. I think that some entity at that park shared their last minutes with me. Wow. That is amazing, but also, like, super overwhelming. Like, And I've I've felt sensitive for a long time. Mm -hmm. But that, that moment was... It was quite alarming. To say the least. Do you feel honored or do you feel scared? I feel honored. That this this being chose me to share that with. Yeah. And because of the the follow-up dream, like at first I'm like, maybe it's a residual thing. Like you were there and at that exact moment is when that person was shot or whatever. Right. But the, the dream was the what dream is solidified what, it. Yeah. That's amazing. Not really. <laughs> I've I've never felt pain in my dreams until that night. Wow. Because we're like not supposed to feel pain. Right. Right. And you know they say it was oh it was a quick painless death like when people get shot in the head, but I've always wondered don't you feel it for a split second? Aren't you aware of the pain? That's what I would think. Yeah. But yeah, that's my story. Wow. What a way to end it. Yeah. So, if you have any of your own paranormal stories, it doesn't have to be ghost stories, anything spooky. 
UFOs, experiences, anything. Bigfoot sightings. We want to hear all about it. Email us at paranormalpints at gmail.com. If you're feeling generous, you can hit us up at patreon.com forward slash paranormalpints. Or you can follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash paranormalpints. Or Twitter. Yeah, we have a Twitter called Paranormal Pints. We're pretty easy to find. Yeah, just look up Paranormal Pints. You could probably Google search us and find all of our everything. Maybe. I don't know. Try it. I haven't tried it yet. We could give it a shot. Yeah. Until next time. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Paranormal Pints. Music by Santino Huber. Art by Joanna Muller. Follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash paranormalpints. Donate to Patreon at patreon.com slash paranormalpints. And if you have any scoop ideas or personal stories, please share them with us by emailing paranormalpints at gmail.com. Please like, subscribe, and rate us. Bye.